I'm going to talk about the jobs report. The U.S. added 390,000 jobs in May. That was higher than expected. I'd like to discuss all the details. Ben Emmons is with us, Managing Director of Global Macro Strategy. Ben, thanks for being with us. So we got the 390 jobs added, and that was uh, some good news. The prior two months were revised higher. What did you make of it? There was nothing that was standout. It seemed labor force participation rate was a little higher. I mean, what stood out to you? Hi, Nicole. Well, the first thing that stood out to me was that uh, if you if you listen to Brainard yesterday, who was now the vice chair for the Fed, you know, she was making the case that, you know, they want to see evidence that labor markets are really cooling down for them to assess policy at a slower pace, right? And and so this report clearly is not meeting that criteria. It's not cooling down at all. In fact, it's it's just a resilient, strong uh, market, a, a labor market. And I think if you take the labor force participation, if you look at re-entrance, if you look at women's labor force participation, and you're looking also at people that want a job and want to re-enter, all that statistics show this momentum from what I think is the reopening of the economy, keep pulling people back into the labor force. So that's a really good development. Um, now, even wages that have somewhat moderated on a month-to-month -month basis are still really high from previous cycles when the Fed was hiking rates. So I take this as a report. It's a good report and definitely a report that underscores that the Fed has to stay the course, raising rates at 50 basis points, including in September. Right, uh, right through September. Um, and so at this point now, what trends are you seeing? At the, because um, President Biden today said he did expect the job market to start to slow down. Yeah, and you know, in his op-ed, he actually you know, made the case there, saying like, if we can moderate job growth from 500,000 to 150,000, and that would still be really good and ideal, right? They, they, that, that's what they want to get to. Again, this report is double that pace. Right, so you were not there yet. And I think that they're realizing like they don't want to undermine the job growth, obviously, because that would really bring you the, the economy very quick to a recession. On the other hand, they realize it's too tight as well and puts too much pressure on inflation. And uh, and that is, I think, the issue here at the moment. They, they are looking into trying to cool down demand such that you're getting this softish landing of the economy and in the labor market. And I think this report, again, just shows that that's not so easy to, to uh, accomplish. It's going to take at least until next year before it truly starts to slow down. I think. What do you think about the fact uh, that so few stocks really sometimes run the markets? You know, we went up looking at five names. We went down looking at the five names and sort of everything now has gone down with it. Um, you know, as you look at the broad based story. That is a concern because, you know, if you take that today, like we had yesterday, complete opposite picture, by the way, if those same stocks rallying, today they sell off and they are actually not reflecting the underlying fundamentals of the economy per se. Now, granted, Mr. Musk at Tesla is concerned about the economy and that sentiment affects the markets, but it's really about Tesla itself. It's about the company that has some challenges and it's not necessarily the entire economy. You know, if you take the jobs report again, if you're somewhat moderating uh, wage growth with labor force participation pick up, that would normally have been a huge positive sign for equities and we would have had a rally. The fact that we have today, that's more or less driving the, the market down, that's not good. So I think what, what yeah. may happen is that people will start diversifying at some point out of names like that. 
to not be so exposed to that concentration risk. And until that really completed that, that rotation, I think it will only really happen when you get a true recession, and you know, which is not there. Right, yeah, and the dollar, you said, is finding solid support here on the 50-day moving average. Um, that's a key factor, too, to the markets, particularly the multinationals. Treasuries have been lower while rates have been on the rise. So what's your advice? I mean, are you, are you telling people to save their pennies at all, pump up the emergency fund, invest in certain um, sectors over others? Tell me. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So, you know, I've, I, as I mentioned before, I've never been a fan of holding too much cash in the portfolio. Um, you want to look always at alternatives for that. Um, so I think it's, it's threefold, uh, Nicole. You want to look at one, don't want that concentration risk. You have to keep your portfolio much more like, but it's an equal weighted, right? That's the way to diversify that, that concentration risk. Secondly, you do look at companies that have consistency in paying dividend, consistency at maybe buying back stock or buying back that debt, consistency too in having a free cash flow that's quite stable, therefore having a, a high return on free cash flow, the free cash flow yields. Yeah. And then lastly, this is an environment where, as you see today, equities weaker, yields up, that markets know that there's tightening coming and we have to deal with high inflation. So again, in this inflationary strategy, you go along with inflation particularly. So energy materials remain, I think, at play to keep in the portfolio on the offense side. And as the airlines show today too, or some new earnings out from American Airlines, and I believe it's one of the other regional airlines, they're really on fire, right? Because the reopening of the economy is by far not slowing down. So I think you can continue to play that reopening idea in your portfolio. I think you stay offense, defense, and you keep yeah. it equal weighted, I think you outperform the, the index. So um, Loretta Mester of the Fed has basically said, look, we'll need to see compelling evidence, not just one month or two months um, that inflation is subsiding. I mean, they're looking for real data and it needs to be month after month after month. It needs to be consecutive. It just can't be one month. So um, she's making it very clear that the Fed is on its path. I mean, we're, we're pretty sure most people are betting 50 basis points in June, 50 basis points in July. Um, you think they'll be raising, I know you had said September. I mean, is it possible we'll just see a rate hike of at every single meeting into the new year? How likely is that? I think it's highly, yeah, I think it's highly likely. Um, you know, what we've gotten over the last two days now from Brainerd and Master is more, let's say, quali qualification of how they're looking at inflation from here. As you said, they want to see consistent decline that means it's not just one, one, two months. That probably means three to, to five months in total. Like I'm seeing, like really, like consistency there before they would change this base of tightening, which is at 50 base points currently. So that that's leave you still at a rate hike at every meeting, but maybe by the very far end of this year that there will be accelerated to 25 base points if inflation indeed moderates. But that's not the entire picture, right? They're also looking at demand and the labor markets we we're just talking about. That too, there has to be cooling showing up, and that's I think still unclear also to themselves. So I think you can expect rate yeah. hikes quite consistent every every meeting, not seeing any pause and tightening until probably sometime in the in the first quarter of next year. Ben, nice to see you. Thank you so much, Ben Emmons, managing director of Global Macro Strategy, Medley Global Advisors. Thanks for joining us on the show, Ben.